0: Welcome to the podcast today, Wednesday, July 7th, Um, about quarter to two here, podcast time it's now, let me get through a monologue with a movie, seeing how much conviction you have, um, a major pop culture event coming back to the Toledo calendar, and uh, I'll have my guest on, Food Maven Mary for the third time, Mary you from the Blade, who always seems to hit home runs with her cheap eats features. Um, not all the time, but more often than not, Mary is hitting uh, long home runs. And today is Jaconi Toledo, authentic Kenyan cuisine, lots of beans, rice, and spicy things. So I'm interested. She'll t- she'll talk more about that, and it'll be her third time on. She hasn't been on in um in so many months. So we've got a lot of catching up to do, what I've had, what she's had, what we've tried again. Um, I want to ask her about, has eating out culture been changed forever? So Mary Bill, you will be on shortly. Let me talk about another Mary. Um, Mary Beth Zolick. I think on the podcast, I've mentioned that uh, she became a dear friend of mine. I'm not going to tell the story about how and when. I think you've probably heard that, but I will throw out to you um, we didn't record. I, I never uh, regurgitate or reuse content. There are times we miss a podcast and we might miss tomorrow or Friday because, um, there's some Mary Beth, um, remembrances, memorials, end of life things happening, and I'd like to be a part of them. And I don't know how my schedule to connect with friends will allow for, uh, the normal podcast recording. So we'll, I'm not going to repost something, but I did on Monday. One, because we were off and on, a uh, You know, national, federal holidays when we're normally off, we don't record. You're not in your normal routine, neither are we. But I thought it was a a good opportunity because I spent, was it Friday? Yeah, it was Friday. I simply Googled um, my name and Mary Beth's name. And thankfully, the first thing that came up was the podcast that we recorded in September of 2018. Um, that is there for you to listen to. So if you don't get... I don't know how you get the podcast, whether you just go to it every day or you get notifications or how it works. And I'm just giving you another heads up that on Monday, I reposted an interview... Uh, not an interview. A conversation between two dear friends from September of 2018. Mary Beth was finally um, allowed to visit the podcast, which is kind of a cumulus property. And at the time, she was still departing iHeart. Um, but once that wrapped up, I was like, finally, we can talk and have it recorded. And it was great to listen to that on Friday, knowing that she had just passed. And um, I was fortunate enough to dig through my voicemails, which I usually delete. But I guess um, maybe my mom was in my head. I lost some of my mom's voicemails when my phone got taken from me four years ago. I may have gotten them back, but maybe I'll say that it was my mom speaking to me saying, don't delete Mary Beth's voicemail from back in, when did she leave that? Hold on. I don't mean to waste your time here. I have a 21-second voicemail from her from the middle of April, and I'm going to hold on to that for as long as I possibly can. I hope you enjoyed the podcast from three years ago um, about Mary Beth and my good friend, and uh, I'm gonna try not to cry because it is some sad times, and it takes a lot to 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 make me cry. Um, we, uh, I think it was my friend Sophia Paracone from NBC 24 who got some pretty decent quotes from the family of uh, the boy who was killed the other day over over the weekend, and I'm trying to pull it up now. I'm sorry. You know what? It was my other friend, Ariel Onstott from WTOL. Um, they both do great work at each of their local news places. This is from Ariel. Um, I know how the neighborhoods work. And this is a quote from, I believe, uh, stepdad. I'll read this all the way through. I know how the neighborhoods work, so I'm not expecting anybody to say anything. But it would be amazing and it would really lift weight off of us if somebody said something because I know somebody knows something. The streets talk, said Jarrell Johnson, Stefan's step, uh, father. He was my son, and I don't mean as a child. I mean as the biggest star in my sky. Stefan Johnson, 17, was shot and killed when multiple people opened fire during a massive block party celebrating July 4th on Lawrence Avenue. Um, I don't know how the streets work uh, except from what I know from watching TV shows and a, a brief encounter with a friend of mine who was a police officer several summers ago and I was like, dude, why, why can't, why is it, let me convey to people that I have a platform for, let me tell them why this can't be solved. He said, they don't talk. Nobody wants to rat anybody out. Uh, nobody wants to be a rat I was like okay so it is like TV a little bit Um, when I read that quote and I know that uh, Juwan Johnson who was supposed to be the violence interrupter and I know the city was looking to hire some of his team members and I'm not I I haven't met him I haven't spoken to him I've just read some of what he's tried to get going I think there's another teen summit this weekend um, as luck or some kind of twisted misfortune would have it I think it's this weekend Um, and again the city has done I think an incredible job trying to create activities working with TSA working with other organizations to keep kids busy in the city parks all summer I mean there it's amazing to read the schedule and go this is this is every day every day You might have seen the sign I posted from Wallbridge Park a couple of weeks ago where there's just a sign where kids can come get fed for free. No questions asked if they're under 18 and probably not even if they're 18 or over or 19 or 21. If they ask, they'll do it just to keep kids from negative influences. Um, And I know that I think the police union had doubts and maybe problems with Jawan Johnson being hired um, and saying like, He's not going into these communities with a weapon or any kind of uh, per police credibility. Like he's got his instincts and his words, and sometimes those aren't aren't the right weapons. And again, this is not a knock to him, but um, I'll read you what I said to Alex last night, and she brought up a great example. Let me go back to this conversation. Um, I texted the neighborhood's got to stop this because the police can't. And again, I, I do claim ignorance with a lot of this. Uh, that's why we try to bring people onto, the, onto this show um, or onto this podcast with informed opinions more than just ours. And I said, Juwan Johnson, I'm thinking, Juwan Armour. And I said, Alex, you probably have to pull a Juwan Armour out of that neighborhood rather than sending one in. And I know that uh, Juwan Armour has had a negative background in the past. I think there were some DUIs and he... Um, I don't know specifically if he came from ganglands or was a gang member or anything like that. But at this point, um, it might be more helpful with especially. I mean, we couldn't have anticipated this. We could have anticipated. I don't know if that position. I think that position was created to um, contend with a normal level of violence, not the type of violence that's happening. Um, as a result of the pandemic and all the tentacles of destruction of lives that it's caused. And um, Alex brought up the name Killer Mike, the Atlanta dude who uh, cursed a lot and had a lot of solid wisdom that he shared. I think last year, I I think it was a George Floyd thing. I don't know, but I remember these Killer Mike videos. Um, He had the credibility. So my point was, maybe it's not Juwan Armour going into some of these communities. Maybe it's someone in these communities where these problems happen and they have lost one too many loved ones or friends and the light goes off with them and they say, the drugs, the violence, the guns, the murder, the crime, enough is enough and hopefully that person has that cachet in that community and can go to police, whoever and say, I'm gonna be your violence interrupter. I'm gonna make it stop in my community. Uh, because sending someone in from the outside, it might not work. And again, I might be way off base here, but I do think that I've got enough to share at least that opinion. Uh, some happier, lighter things here. Um, I ordered some. Uh, I ordered a, a, an Amazon Prime package last week. I think it was June 30th or so. And it said it would be, be here the next day, July 1st. It says it was delivered. It was a protein, vegan protein. It's actually the, the tastiest protein I've ever had it's pricey, but worth it. Um, so yesterday rolls around and I, I still can't find it anywhere. And I've never had a package go missing here at work. Um, so I reordered it and then, um, I I reordered it thinking it was lost. And then my friend Josh here said, you know, you can probably get your money back or the, the Amazon AI helped me with it. Um, it's, it knew what package I was looking for. It asked me if I wanted to, so I got a refund and within an hour of me, uh, getting that refund post office actually delivered it so here's my best guess and you tell me i'm guessing it wasn't going to be delivered on time but amazon wanted to fulfill its amazon next day promise its prime promise and as long as that's satisfied that keeps the algorithm and the goliath of amazon happy and how do they keep me from throwing a stink um, just right off that thirty-five, that thirty-five bucks is truly like less than a penny in the ocean for Amazon. So because the AI had a a slight idea, and I'm sure something on the back end said this package hasn't been delivered yet, even though we marked it delivered, to keep that Prime promise, they gave me my money. So, um, also on Prime, um, great credit to Alex. We often talk about shows that we enjoy independently. Um, we both. Love one another. Uh, in this case, it was The Tomorrow War. And a lot of these big budget Netflix and Prime movies I don't really get into. They're very derivative. They're very tropey. And Tomorrow War was very derivative. All the action movie tropes, even when it comes to the emotional aspects of it, it's, it's a family story, is what it is, amid lots of aliens and explosions. And I'm thinking to myself, this is, this movie, um, again, very derivative, very tropey. You've seen all the things. It's very predictable, but it's enjoyable. It moves quickly. There's one part where you're like, oh, it's over. Something happens and it keeps going. You're like, oh, another half hour, but you can sit through it and it's an enjoyable till the end. Um, J.K. Simmons is probably the other big name that you'd know in it. What do you know him from? He's J. Jonah Jameson. In the first Spider-Man movies, and he's back in those Spider. He's back in the upcoming Spider-Man movie, and you know him from so much more, and the Farmers Insurance commercials as well. So, some big names. Um, If Michael Bay and uh, Zack Snyder and all their exploding bombastic creations of movies um, were a little more refined and cohesive. Then you've got Tomorrow's War, uh, the Tomorrow War, because so much blows up, but not so you can get some, oh, wows, that's an incredible set piece or explosion, what a stunt, how they do that, but you can still be connected to it, and usually when Michael Bay and Zack Snyder blow stuff up, my face melts, that did not happen with this movie. Um. There were aliens in the movie. I don't think I I ruined that by any stretch of the imagination. Um, There was a part of the movie where I'm like, do they even show up? They show up. Um, I came across this article yesterday, and I want to test your conviction. When somebody posts a, what kind of spider is this post on Facebook? um, People usually go, the kind you burn your house down to. I typically don't kill spiders in my home, unless they're really scary. The normal ones... Have at it. If you stay in your little corner there and you're going to eat other bugs, live your best eight-legged life. Um, But I came across this article yesterday, and I want to test your conviction. Would you actually burn your house down? I think you'd actually consider it. The headline is spiders are eating snakes all over the world, and yet it's gruesome. They can outfight snakes 10 to 30 times their size. It was a study published in the Journey of Arachnology, and there are lots of pictures of spiders devouring these snakes. Um, they're often, like I just said, how much bigger they are. <sighs> That's so many different groups of spiders. Sometimes eat snakes. It's completely a novel finding. Uh, black widows, commonly found in the U.S., are particularly good at catching and eating snakes. And you're probably thinking, oh, they're they're catching the snakes that don't have venom. Uh-uh-uh. uh they're particularly good at catching and eating snakes which have to do with the spiders potent venom and strong webs many of the snake catching spiders have venom that can also be dangerous to humans and these are also some pretty big snakes the kind that are not what like neighborhood garter or garden snakes these are some pretty scary looking reptiles that you would not want to encounter um the spiders were successful despite despite the considerable size difference between them and their prey. They can outfight snakes ten to twenty, uh, ten to thirty times their size. The average length of the doomed snake was ten inches, and most of them were juveniles. Even venomous snakes weren't safe. The researchers found rattlesnakes and coral snakes were on the menu in the U.S. and South America, and that redback spiders in Australia were all uh, were known to eat brown snakes. So, um, I. Uh, yeah, it's scary stuff. Um, but will you if you saw one of these, would you actually burn your home down? I don't think you would, even though there's they're likely not to uh, do to my, oh, and the article doesn't, but in, all's fair in the world, in the animal world, there are plenty of snakes that eat spiders too. But this is something from National Geographic, watching those spiders devour the snakes. And I guess it makes a lot of sense. Um, there is a, a book by an author who I have stopped reading, but I've, I liked his work at a certain point in my life. In my 30s, I really enjoyed it. It was eye-opening to me. Now it's kind of remedial, but that's his that's his shtick. It's very, it's very high, thoughtful philosophical and psychological concepts stripped down to be very elementary. Malcolm Gladwell. He wrote a book called Goliath. And we all marvel how Goliath um, was slayed by David. And then uh, I had never read anybody say it like this because what does David have? A slingshot against a giant human being or whatever the hell Goliath was. And then Malcolm Gladwell or whoever he interviewed in that book was like, "Uh, that was not a slingshot, that was a gun. That was something that shot projectiles like a gun. So, you would, you're would you familiar with he brought a, a knife to a gunfight. Well, Goliath just brought a large body to a gunfight, and David took him down. So, with the spiders, I guess if they get a little bit of their potent venom on one of these snakes, and that, that makes the snake woozy, and the spider has the, the strong um, webbing, just wrap him up like Spider-Man and go to lunch. One more thing, and then we'll bring in my good friend Mary Bill, you food, Maven Mary, to talk about food. We're hopping all over today, from snakes eating, from spider, from spider devouring snakes to delicious spicy food. Um Jazz happens again in another city park tomorrow night. Is it Copeland or is it Copeland Park? That's TSA. They're out again. And the jazz in the garden at Botanical Gardens kicks off. Um, tomorrow night for the summer, it goes all the way through August, I believe, well worth the 10 bucks or whatever it is for non-members. And then Hamilton is back. Or we're back on the Hamilton schedule. I believe the exact dates are August 24th through September 3rd or around that rough time of next year. Um, I haven't seen anything about The Lion King, but I know everybody got excited to watch Hamilton if they hadn't before or seen it live or whatever it was um, when Disney Plus released it last year, but it's coming live to the Stranahan at the end of next summer. Let's uh, let's bring in my friend Mary you now from The Blade as you are going to prepare to get very hungry. It is lovely to hear your voice again.
1: It's been too long. We should just have a regular a regular gig here. You we kn- just
0: I know I thought about that, but I wanted us to because like I'm all for having you on like every two months or whatever, Mm because you you and I always have something to talk about. But then as things were uh, things were reopening and I figured I'd I'd let some of that space out. So we have more to talk about here. um, If there was ever premium content on the podcast, you would totally be it.
1: Aw, aren't you sweet? I appreciate that. I never want to like suck up all the oxygen on the podcast. It's just I so enjoy talking with you.
0: That I and, and I It the would same. be fun
1: to have a regular gig that we just plan around, so well, that we don't go back and forth trying to schedule it.
0: You have a union that can protect your job. I am not so well protected. And when the day when the yeah. demise comes for both of us, we know where to find each other.
1: Exactly. And we will we will have a grand plan and do something wondrous in the media
0: i like it um i have some housekeeping stuff to ask you first all right are we uh, are we off for the summer with our jewish programming meetings
1: um i want to say that hallie had sent an email that we were looking at maybe scheduling something in august okay but there wasn't one of those you know hey let's pick a date emails yet
0: got it okay um i thought we might Although be taking I do the summer know,
1: though that um that you're too young for this but that um, a <laughs> Jetta and I went and did the, the mobile with, with the Jewish Living Center two years ago uh, for Pesach. We went and did the Pesach shopping in Detroit. Oh my God, best time ever. Um, they are planning on doing the mobile for the high holidays. I think it's August 26th, because I've reserved the day. Uh, they weren't able to go at, at Pesach, so the uh, Renee had done the shopping for people who needed anything but they're actually planning on having the, the bus and maybe, I don't know, eight to 10 seniors and Jetta and me, of course, because we like to tag along um, to go shopping up in Detroit. So things are, like you say, opening. Um, the Jewish community is opening and very tentatively making some plans. So I don't know if maybe they want to see how a couple of these things with the kids and the seniors go and then have a meeting to sort of evaluate. I'm not sure where that stands.
0: I would do that. It's funny. I've read Hallie's emails before and they're voluminous with great content. And it's funny. All the things that I'm drawn to are for yeah. the seniors. <laughs> like I read this stuff. I'm like, I would totally do this trip in Detroit. Oh, I'm not of age. But uh, if, if you need an, like an intern or someone, I would totally do that. Great stories with all the, uh, the, the elderly Jewish people.
1: Renee would let you go in a second. Just right. email her and just say, Hey, can I, can I have a seat next to Mary? Cause I'm, I'm going whether I get a story out of it we're trying to figure out an angle so because we did this story a couple of years ago we need to find a new angle so that we can get the blade to buy lunch and and let us go without my taking a vacation day uh, but I would take the vacation day anyway it's so much fun but you know it's funny because I look at the seniors things and I'm, I'm like so close they kind of let me in under the wire but I look at the next gen things the trivia the the glass blowing all the different the pizza stuff whatever like you guys have more fun, and I'm I'm like twenty years too old for
0: that. And I'm too. I'll trade you because I'm too. I, I I did some of the events, and I know they've been kind of off the grid um, until some of the trivia has come back over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were my thing. Some of them were not my thing. I actually like Hallie's. Um. Uh. Like when she needs some volunteer events more than some of the the next gen things they did. We did a mud ends game a couple of years ago, which was fun. <sighs> would be great um they they are kind of like uh d- derivative toledo things which is fine but like i've done all that stuff
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i know it's about socializing um what you said uh, the bub the bubby mobile so i know that yes, word what, what I call it. <laughs> the bubby mobile because i had a when i was growing up a lot of my friends called their grandparents what is, Was it nana and bubby what was the other one
1: uh, bubby and zadie
0: that's right there we go I was just a Grammy and Grandpa person, but yeah, I had a lot of yeah. friends that call their grandparents that.
1: Although one of our interns, Madison, is is Jewish and she's Bukharian Jewish, um, from the you know Asian Persian region, and she has written. Uh, she wrote for Hey Alma, I think it was Hey Alma about, um, uh, and she did an internship with Lilith. Uh, she wrote about her softas, uh dumplings. So that's like the Sephardic. Uh, non Ashkenazi term for grandmother.
0: What? What is it
1: again? Savta. Okay. And I, th- I don't remember what the name for grandmother for grandfather is.
0: Um, I'd I'd love to meet her. Has 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 Hallie uh, co opted her yet?
1: I sent out a big mass email to to various people like Hallie, um, who could get Madison connected to some things in the area. I should enter the two of you together too. Let's do she's it. She's a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart.
0: Let's do it. One more house. And she
1: wants to be connected to the community. Like, she's already been to... To services, which is something I can't say that I've done for a while.
0: Um- you, you and me both. The, <laughs> I, the last two times I was there, I, I, one I did a presentation when, it, when the other was when the, the synagogue shooting happened in Pittsburgh. But yes, like I told uh, everybody when we did that that first call that we got invited to, I was like, I I like all of you people, even if we weren't the same religion. Would I hang mm-hmm. out with you? I don't really hang out with anybody, but I'll hop on a call with all you super cool people. Like I love Renee to death.
1: Oh my gosh. She's just wonderful. Yeah. Just wonderful.
0: She is. She is. Um, other housekeeping stuff. Yes. Um you've, you've put it out for public consumption and yes. good luck with the surgery tomorrow. Thank uh, you. Did you, w- what is wrong? With, did you give somebody the middle finger one too many times? What happened I, to you? I,
1: I wish I could say that. I'm just, I'm old and I have this, this syndrome called Dupuytren's syndrome apparently. So when it first started bending a little bit and it doesn't hurt, thank goodness. Um, I went to my, my GP who suspected that perhaps it was just a growth um, from overuse. So I trained myself to you know, scroll with the mouse using you know, my index and ring fingers and try to let the other one rest. He gave me a splint to, to try to just sort of keep it in place so I wouldn't use it, which made it really difficult to like stir and chop and type and all the things I do for work and life. So I kept pulling the splint off, putting it on, pulling it off, putting And I'm like, you know what, I, I've, I've, I, I can't do this. This is, it's not working. And I saw it getting worse and worse. So I'm like, all right, I finally, I gotta go see the hand surgeon. So he consulted with me, immediately looked at it and he could see that there was this lump on one knuckle and there was this bending and this firming of tissue underneath and immediately made the diagnosis. So I have people writing to me saying, I think it's, is it John Elway? Some football player is, um, is doing commercials for a uh, medicine that you can get a shot that will help this condition. But I, I apparently let it go a little too far. So now I gotta have surgery and spend the next two weeks with, with bandages and stitches and a, and a splint and the good drugs. So.
0: <laughs> How are you gonna work?
1: I'm taking uh, just over a week as sick time. Uh, So I've been a crazier woman because I can't just say I'm a crazy woman. I've been a crazier woman trying to get everything for July done and part of August. So the photo shoot that ran late today was actually my photo shoot for my story for August 15th. Uh, So because I'm figuring I've got at least two weeks that I'm not going to be able to use my hand. But I'm going to come back after just the one week because I can still plan future stories. I can still look through cookbooks. I can still uh, do a Cheap Eats we're thinking we might go and get cocktails somewhere for cheap eats and I can hold a cocktail in my left hand. Mm. even though I can't use my right hand. So I can't, I can't do everything that I need to do, but I'm going to try to be as productive as possible. Cause I'm not just a sit and watch the world go by and watch my poor boyfriend do everything. Kind of gal, you what? know, I gotta, I gotta keep busy.
0: What are you going to do? Cause it's not like you're completely incapacitated. You're just kind of, you just kind of have one hand tied behind your back.
1: That's it exactly, you know, so so I'm going to do what I can and I'm going to just sort of offer it up and and mutter under my breath as I try to type with my left hand because I'm right-handed, so that's going to be really, really frustrating. Uh, and I'm just going to muddle through. I've been doing a lot of baking. Uh, I've got some soups and things in the freezer so that, that you know, I, poor Craig doesn't have to take care of all the cats and the new kitten and me all being helpless um and we could just like nuke some soup for dinner and and make life easy like that okay good
0: well i was glad to read as hideous as your hand looked that you're going to be okay (laughs) and this is that it's been painless and now would be the time to cut mary bill you off on uh on 75 (laughs) because she can't give you the the finger at least that's it exactly
1: well i can uh, get with one hand
0: you have to use the other one at least
1: one hand has to be on the steering wheel right
0: um, yeah, well, <laughs> here like you've lived in the Midwest long enough to know that plenty yeah. of people can drive with their knees so they can text and flip other people off
1: this is very true I, I wish I weren't quite so lady lady-like, ladylike, and maybe I would try that too but I just I would not be able to do that
0: <laughs> um, I wanted to we can obviously I, I prepared a couple of questions not that they wouldn't have come up anyway but I wanted <laughs> to start with the big idea question first Okay. Um, so so, and I don't know if you've written about this. Maybe it's been in a, a Sunday piece or something. Mm-hmm. Um, what about eating out culture has changed... Um, due to COVID and I'm not talking about like delivery service and all that stuff. Like, like maybe has permanently changed or things that we've overlooked and now we, like me, I'm, we might've talked about this before. I got Mm -hmm. into delivery culture real fast, but then I realized how much I missed hot food out of the kitchen. Yeah. So I'm wondering what revelations you've come across or changes or things that have changed in eating out culture over the last year.
1: Um, there's a there's a lot uh, you know things that we used to take for granted that were communal, um, salt and pepper shakers, menus, things like that, are are single use and you know we've spent so much time trying to get away from single use items, paper items that get discarded, plastic items, um, things that that are just that are inherently wasteful because you know you may pick up the the pepper and shake it or you know but. But we've had, a, had we've really had to kind of revert back to some of that, and even still, maybe it's just me. I'm I'm still leery of touching anything. I've still got my hand sanitizer in my in my person. i have always like a little low-key germaphobe, like a compulsive hand washer. Like to have the sanitizer, but like I'm living I'm living it right now. Um, let's see. There are some people for whom nothing has changed. Like as soon as the doors opened, they were back there having their drinks, their cocktails, their big parties, they're getting together with their friends. And it's almost as though the last year and a half didn't happen. They 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 just kicked right back in. And I don't know. I'm I'm still a little working my way back into it.
0: What's your what's your concern?
1: Uh, I have so many concerns. <laughs> and, it's not, and it's not specifically, please don't, God forbid, don't anybody think that it's because of the restaurant industry. It's sort of life. Um, like, I, I had to go and get my the lenses and my glasses swapped out the other day. And I was at the optician. And I'm really good friends with the optician and his wife. And she was asking me why I was still wearing my mask. She said, weren't you vaccinated? I said, yes, I was. Um, but... I, I want to make sure that people, you know, because you can't tell to look at somebody, have you been vaccinated or are you somebody who's choosing not to be vaccinated? Right. Um, I want them to know that I'm being conscientious. Um, that I, I don't like the idea of people, you know, having the flu and bronchitis and colds and all of that stuff. It's like we should have been wearing masks all along to keep from sucking up all those, those fumes and cooties. Um, But also, too, you know, there are people who are immunocompromised. There are children who can't get vaccinated. And although I've been vaccinated and I feel well and and I presume that I'm fine, I want them to know that I am being conscientious. I'm respecting that they can't be vaccinated, that they are more at risk. And I want them to at least feel as though they're safer uh, because I'm trying to do what I can to keep them safe.
0: That's very noble of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was much more flippant, um, but I'm with you. Once I got vaccinated, I'm like, and we knew that we were clear, I'm like, it's off, and mm-hmm. I was excited to... Um, forget it in the car or anything like that. Even I, w- even though I would still respect places, there's a little carry out near me that asks uh, that you still wear a mask. And, maybe, and I don't judge it. Maybe they're immunocompromised or mm-hmm. whatever. I'm still going to come buy your stuff because it's convenient for me. But um, it has been nice to have normalcy and we've talked about it on the air and on the podcast like yeah. the week the vaccine million was announced like there was an avalanche of like wow we're getting back to normal really fast like we're not jogging into this we're sprinting into this it was almost it's surprising like- and jarring how fast everything came back and you know again i it's noble and admirable what you're doing and if everybody did that the world would be a better place but we, do, we don't have seven billion billion marys although we should And uh, I just worry... Like, Can I
1: be cloned like
0: Dolly? The uh, the sheep? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're probably close to that anyway. But um, we got off on a tangent. We want to talk food, food, food. Um, Where have you stepped out to recently that uh, maybe... And we'll get to your article today because I'm ready. Where have you been out to recently or maybe gone back to when things were a little different because of everything that had happened?
1: Um... I don't, I I hate to say it because it breaks my heart. I I love so many places and so many people here. I don't, as a general rule, get back to most places because there's always a new cheap eats to do. There's always a new story to do. And when you consider all the shopping, cooking, baking, chopping, stirring, photo shoots and all of that, um, recipe testing, and then cheap eats and dinner for one, I do so much cooking, or I have requisite places that I'm going for a story, that it's really hard to get back to places. Um, we did, though, for Craig's birthday was in June, and he chose to go to Sidon, the Lebanese restaurant yeah. on Bancroft, and they were still doing takeout only, which I thought was interesting. So many places have been so thrilled and like rushed back to, to dining in, and I don't want to make it sound like that was a rash or ill-considered decision because i know that they've been trying very very hard to follow all the protocols do the spacing uh you know following all the rules making sure everybody is safe um and they so desperately needed that boost to their business um so i found it interesting that that sidon was not yet doing that but there wasn't anybody really to ask about that about the policies
0: it's been a different thing everywhere one thing that i ran into so i i did the Panera coffee subscription and all mm-hmm. during the, the guts of the pandemic, I would go in there every morning and it was me and a group of older gentlemen and and people would come in and out, but we were the only ones sitting in there. So I never felt unsafe by any means. Yeah. I got quite friendly with the people. And then as soon as things started to open back up, I ran into this problem just over the last six weeks, they're, the, only their drive-thru would be open. Because they were oh. they were so short employees. And yeah. that could have been what was going on with, I mean, they're literally you could have five different restaurants, all with the same things, but five different reasons why they were acting the way they were.
1: True. True. Um, the the I try to steer clear of political things, but the um I have to since you brought up the, the, the employee shortage. Uh, I have to say it, it really upsets me when people talk about lazy people who are just looking for handouts because most people would want to work, but they want to be able to work, you know, in an environment that they can trust is safe. Um, and, but part of the problem too is, you know, you're, you're they've taken away the extra bonus money for those who had lost their, their jobs and and they're essentially sort of kicking them back out into the street um, to saying go back to work during the summer when there's no child care. What are they supposed to do with their kids? Um, if they're only just starting to get back to work and, and working in restaurants is not generally a, a lucrative field, um, how are they paying for child care? We don't all necessarily have grandparents or, or neighbors or somebody who can watch our kids for free. Um, Health care is another... Big issue and I do know that you know Obamacare has survived its latest scare and that there is the the ACA and people can go out and try to find insurance but so many jobs these days and not just in the restaurant industry don't include health insurance and and I I think that the um, that Medicaid would have been included with the unemployment so you're asking people to go back to work. Uh, with variable schedules, no child care, some concern about whether they have health care, and then calling them lazy if the better choice for them right now is to be home with their kids for the summer, it, it upsets me so much.
0: Yeah. It, it Everything got politicized, but I get it. They're, they're very strong topics that everybody has a strong opinion about because they, they hit so close to home. Um, this was not like a, a pop culture event that someone mm-hmm. took issue with or anything like that. I mean, these are people's lives. And much like with the restaurants, I mean, five different people could have five different reasons for not going back to work. I think yeah. the only thing that I had shared on the podcast here was I'm not calling anybody lazy, but I just encourage people to have a strategy. When I mm-hmm. uh, went from iHeart to here four years ago, I took every stinking cent of the unemployment that I was uh, entitled to, yeah. because uh, I got let go. And you know, the employer pays uh, pays pays taxes for for that. They they're paying for that. They paid to fire me. Um, some of my money in some indirect ways go there, but I had a plan. I was going to tally that money up. And in the meantime, um, I was going to meet with all the people and network with all the people that I couldn't because of the oppressive schedule before. So I had a strategy, and that's the only thing that I encourage the people who, like, if you're really going to sit and be lazy, and and I don't, and again, like you, I'm not accusing people of doing that, Mm -hmm. I hope at least you have a plan um, because things, like, in September, maybe I think these generous wages where they probably should have been closer to anyway, are going to go away because you're going to have people going back to work. And then that $15 an hour or $17 an hour that was available in June is now back down to 13. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There are a lot of incentives and I, and I do understand too that businesses can't, can't run if they don't have employees that so many are making accommodations in terms of, What's on their menu? What days they're open? What hours they're open? I mean, it's a really, really complicated problem. It's a it's a multifaceted problem, and many people are are affected in different ways. And what works for one group is is contraindicated for another, and vice versa. Um, just the the it, like I say, it just it bothers me when, when people are accused of being lazy when they're just simply trying to do the best that they can. As you say, in a situation that that has just you know has decimated this this planet. yeah, you know this this wasn't you know, like I I went and I gambled too much money at the casino and it's my fault I can't pay the rent or whatever, you know.
0: Every single okay. human being, except for that that like native tribe in the Indian Ocean where they kill people that come to the island because they don't know what they are, uh, has mm-hmm. been affected by this. And yeah. I, we have. I just saw somebody post something the other day, like "Hello, six hundred thousand Americans are dead." And we have kind of stopped counting because we've really gotten the virus under control, but arguably the more painful tentacles are still reaching out at us and we're still feeling the effects of i mean we might look back and say the loss of life was minimal and nominal compared to how long and how much this could change life over the next decade
1: Mm -hmm. and how it's going to affect future generations you know you look at at the kids who are getting this odd syndrome where the symptoms you know they don't have immediate symptoms and then they they get this sort of backlash symptoms that are almost worse and and really impede their health and their ability to function in life and it's there's just so much so much we don't know.
0: Still. If I could if I could get one question answered right now or the thing that I'm I'm most fascinated by since you, you bring that up, I, mm-hmm. I, I want to know and we, we won't know for, for years, maybe decades, how how did this work 50% of the way these things usually do? Where older people get it, older people get the the brunt of it, and so do kids. And kids were basically immune and didn't even and weren't even very communicable with this. Like mm-hmm. that to me is spellbinding. I cannot wait for that answer.
1: This it, it's just been so odd the 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 range of symptoms, the disparate syndrome, you know, symptoms that this don't make sense um, because they affect different aspects of of your health and your body it's just it's just so it's like something out of a science fiction movie
0: yep yep um so let's talk about today's article like as as timing it it would be mm-hmm. we plan for a couple of weeks for you to come on i'm always reading yeah. uh the the blade the new slide uh the hey, app every day and then i that
1: you- Support us so much. I th- it means I, so much to us.
0: I might be your number one supporter, and I, you know, <laughs> I always try, always try to explain the politics of how you guys work and other things. But um, I always tell people to support the people that do good content, and mostly everybody there is. In fact, I can't think of. We've people, got I,
1: amazing people. We, you know, we're we we've got a very small but mighty staff. We do amazing work.
0: Um, Jaconi Toledo. Oh. Did I say that right?
1: Oh my God! Yes, it's so good. <laughs> Um, it's so, so good.
0: I, I was reading the beginning of the uh, the article, and I was actually like, like I read it and I was scanning through it, and, and then I saw words that appealed to me, like rice and meat and spicy, and then I scrolled back up and had to read more slowly, especially since you were going to be on today. So, authentic Kenyan cuisine.
1: Yes, the owner of Jaconi Toledo is originally from Kenya. His name is Tom Otieno. And, and he's just... The loveliest, sweetest man, and and he's been here for a long time, um, and and with the the pandemic and everything, because he works in healthcare, um, you know, he's been he's been he's had an opportunity to to look at doing this side business, and he considers Toledo home. Like he he has said that when he goes back to Kenya to visit family, you know, he still considers Toledo home now, but. He also wanted that that taste of his other home, where he was raised in Kenya. Uh, so, of course, the food trucks are really popular and he doesn't have a food truck yet. What he has is a delivery service, um, but he's looking towards a food truck. He's looking towards a way of maybe being able to get to farmer's markets and keep the food hot for people to pick up. Um, so, what he does is he has a very small but very focused menu. And it's really like, you know, Kenyan food 101, uh, an introduction that's, that's uniquely Kenyan. And at the same time, sort of familiar and accessible for anybody who just does not know about African food. And really, you know, we, we rarely, rarely cover that. I did a a story last fall about um, a book called In Bibi's Kitchen, which is a book of recipes from grandmothers. So right there, there's a demographic that's not usually covered from East Africa. And there were eight nations in East Africa. And these women told their stories about their history and their families um, and and their stories through their food. And so that's very much what, what Tom is doing. He, you know, you taste this food, and these are the recipes that his mom and, as he calls them, his aunties made. And this is just when he talks about it, you hear the love. When you taste the food, you feel the love. And did you place your order yet? Because you got to place it two days ahead.
0: No, I didn't. I, I wanted, do it. I know. I know. Friday I wa- night dinner. I know. I wanted to talk to you first. um Giaconi's... You want
1: everything. <laughs> wanted, order everything.
0: Well. Uh, let me start with a basic question. Um,
1: what
0: maybe before you even spoke to him, what did you think of as African food? Because it's not something that we commonly know of. Like if we say Spanish food or Mexican food or Asian food, like everything instantly pops into our head. African food, had no idea. You could have told me that uh, when I when I was reading authentic Kenyan cuisine before I read what you had uh, had talked about in the article, it okay. could have been like. Uh, kangaroo or trees or spiders. I wouldn't have known.
1: Precisely. Precisely. We get so little information. So there's the, um, on Netflix, there's the four, I think it's a four-part series, High on the Hog, that talks about, um, about the, the roots of, of southern food and traced back to Africa. And so they go to, to Benin, and they go and they discuss with different people the history of these foods that have been brought here um, and, and so African food is kind of having a bit of a moment and, and it's, um, it's, it, there's a lot of, of fish because think about Africa. It's, it's hugely coastal. Um, but there's also different, different regions, you know, there in the South there, there's, um, you know, rainforest in the North, there's desert. Um, there's, there's Arab Mediterranean influence. Uh, where Kenya is is on the Indian Ocean and because of the trade routes as Tom told me there is a lot of Indian influence so Kenyans have samosas but they put their own unique um, fillings and spice blends Um, there are a lot of different spices that have come through precisely because of those trade routes so it's, it's a fascinating amalgam but like, if you know, off topic for just a second, uh, if you look at say um, Ethiopia, uh, when I did that story about that cookbook, uh, I learned that pasta is is big in along the 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 Horn because of colonization, because of Italy's influence, and uh, so then there's there's to me there's the debate. You know, is this a cuisine? whose roots have been corrupted with this influence, or is this simply a cuisine that has incorporated pasta just as it would have spices and and made it its own unique cuisine, like in the Philippines where they've taken, you know, Chinese and Spanish and American and all of these other influences and and made them their own. So Kenyan food is, is dependent upon the region. So again, Tom told us that, you know, if you go further inland, there's a different cuisine than if you're right on the coast where there's a lot of fish and seafood. I mean, he's just so fascinating to listen to and he's got the gorgeous accent. The gorgeous accent. I could listen to him talk all day.
0: How'd you track him down?
1: I saw him on social media Hmm. and I'm like, I don't, I didn't even know this was here and I'm so intrigued because I always want to learn more and I always want to to show the the amazing diversity that that Toledo has, you know, we have all these these ethnic restaurants, we have all these ethnic festivals. Um, as much as we have a reputation for being a sort of a you know casserole and kind of chili dog kind of town, we have amazing depth and breadth here in Toledo, and and Jaconi is a part of it. And I I just, wanted people to know that.
0: I just looked him up. He's got 413 followers on that page. Hopefully people will hear this and spread the word a little bit more.
1: I hope
0: um, so. Yeah, we do have a lot of these places. Uh, off the, On a tangent, did the Peruvian place on Hill close? Hill and No, Bern? they moved.
1: They're on Bancroft. They they took over the old furdos space.
0: Got it. Okay. Have you eaten there before?
1: I have. We did a cheap eats there. Um, and, and it's wonderful. The, they were so warm, so friendly. So proud to show off their food because again, this is another one we're used to to Mexican food. We're used to Tex-Mex food. You know, we're we're familiar with 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 those kinds of dishes. Uh, Peruvian is really unique because it's got the um, you know it's got the Andean indigenous um, base. It's got Spanish influence, but it's also got asian influence because the the chinese and the japanese came across the ocean and settled there and that's not something that that i had ever thought about i thought it was so fascinating you can learn so much about about people and their history and their their culture and their faith and everything through their food
0: yeah there's a, there's a history in every bite This is the uh, first podcast we've ever had a Horn of Africa or an Andes Mountain uh, (laughs) reference, which I'm good with because I like geography. Um, How is our crazy Philly guy?
1: I have not heard from him. I have not had a chance to get back over there. See, that's another one, you know. I have the best intentions. and, And I just, you know, there's always a... Uh, a new story and a new Cheap Eats to do and I don't get back
0: there yeah I hit that intersection every so often and Mm -hmm. it's still there so that's good because I was a little worried um I just got a bad vibe. Not that the food, the food was fantastic. Yeah. I just worried. And that,
1: that meant a lot that, 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 that he got your approval. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. That's a competitive corner, especially as Campus Poly Eyes descended yeah. around the corner as well. What about right down, the like literally a baseball throw away, that Asian place, Little Asia?
1: Little Asia. Oh my gosh, I love them. Are I they still them. there? I hope, they're do- I hope they're doing okay.
0: Okay, um, I think I tried to order from them a couple of times, not recently, but not that too, not not like in the winter time either, and I couldn't get to them. Maybe they were just that's the other thing with yeah, the apps are very easy to use, but sometimes the information is not right, the menu is not right. Um, do you have any advice for how to best order food in this delivery culture now with Uber Eats and DoorDash, or just going direct to the restaurant?
1: I would go direct to the restaurant. Um, I don't usually order delivery, so I'm not the best person to ask this of, um, but I have heard that some of the delivery services uh, take a greater percentage of of what you're paying um, that you would want to go directly to the restaurant. Now, it may be that for some restaurants that those delivery services are, are or what they rely upon, and that they would suggest that you go through that. Uh, but I would, I would go straight to the restaurant and ask how best to do it.
0: Yeah, they're they also uh, a lot of times uh, the menus are not accurate, and that includes the <laughs> prices. So some of the apps make their money that way.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. What is on your radar for the upcoming weeks to to head out to or to check into? I know there was something today on the downtown Toledo web page and some of those social stuff highlighting some of the new places that have, have arrived during the pan, ban, pandemic downtown. <laughs> Not necessarily food-centric, but some modifications to, like, focaccias and the introduction of the switchboard. Well, you know, my friend Liz
1: Donaldson is is at the focaccia's garden.
0: I didn't know that.
1: So, Liz... Um, I think everybody in town knows Liz. She has has been at SoFo's. She has been at Churchill. She has um, she's a former cheesemonger at the Anderson's. She is a consummate, consummate expert um, with an amazing creative palette. So I have relied on her for a number of stories. She did a holiday story for me a couple of years ago um, on how to lay out uh, charcuterie platters and make beautiful desserts. Um, she, I just had a thought and oh, when, not last year, it had to get canceled, but two years ago, there was a, a fundraiser for TSA, the, I forget what it was called, but it was like the 40 feet of cheese fundraiser that was held at the Blarney. That was Liz. That was all Liz. Um, she is, she is an amazing, just force of nature and love and, and Creativity, and she is the one who is is behind designing the menu at Focaccia's Garden. Awesome! So everybody has to go.
0: Yeah, I was excited to see uh, them reimagine that for all the things happening downtown at Summit Street. And you know,
1: I- they have been. Ed Ed is just one of the most amazing uh, Toledo supporters. Investors would do anything in the world to 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 invest in and and believe in this city. And so it's it's always so wonderful to see his, always his next project. There's always a next project, a next, a next adventure.
0: What else is on your radar for, uh, coming features or, well, everything you eat is, is, is content. So
1: <laughs> it is you know, my, my, my life, my life is content. Um, you know, if, if I can't turn it into a recipe story, then I'll, I'll blather about it in a, in a, in a column. So let me ask you this. I had posted on, on Facebook, a quick question a couple weeks ago, um, what do you put on bratwurst? What condiments do you put on bratwurst?
0: I try to avoid it, if anything. Really? I, I might have mentioned I'm not a hot dog person or bratwurst or anything like that. So okay. my opinion is, is by no means any kind of totem pole here, but hot dog, mustard, whatever, onions.
1: Okay.
0: Nothing. No, I mean, I don't. I'm more picky about hamburger toppings than I am anything that goes in a bun.
1: So tell me what you want on a hamburger then, because we did we did coral coral hamburg was our cheap eats that we taped yesterday before I had my surgery and I can't hold the burgers. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I'll take I'll 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 take almost anything as long as it will fit. Um, I have done myself a total disservice that I've not been to Bistro Burger yet.
1: I haven't either. They've been on my agenda for a long time.
0: Yeah, and he's really good about posting where he's going to be, and I saw that he is having Amoroso rolls flowing in or he's ordered them from the east coast so that will fit our taste buds but his giant too big for your mouth burgers look good but um i had a burger at bars a couple of weeks ago it was Mm -hmm. good you know the again i'm not super picky but i'll i'll be adventurous i I, you know to really dumb it down for like lowest common denominator here yeah even though I, i i i bickered with how the Sizes of the sandwiches, at Red Robin like went up and down over the years. I never had a problem with the combinations of toppings and how imaginative they could get.
1: Yeah, yeah, they could be very, very unique.
0: Uh, what was the bratwurst? What did people? What, what, what did the uh, the peanut gallery say?
1: Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, people want mustard. Uh, ketchup is a shonda, which is sort of where I was. I was. Um, headed, but trying not to influence people.
0: <laughs> I get it. I get it. I know some people are, you know, the whole hot is a hot dog, a sandwich and the toppings on a hot dog. Like I just try to avoid it. Cause it's not the only hot dogs I really like are if they're coming off of a, of a grill or a barbecue. And if my options are hamburger or hot dog or chicken, hot dogs always going to come in last.
1: Really? Yeah. See, for me, it would, de- it would depend on the burger's. It would depend on the chicken, and it would depend on the hot dogs.
0: Okay. I mean, obviously, the aesthetic is very important.
1: You know, because, like, if it's it's just going to be like a little plain burger, and nothing wrong with a plain burger. In fact, one of the things that was nice about Coral Hamburg is that you can get just the simple classic burger that doesn't have 15 spices in the patty. You know, three kinds of sauce a salad on top, you know, and egg running down and a, a thousand things that are, that are masking the quality of the meat, like yep. the quality of their ingredients absolutely stood on their own. But if I'm looking at like maybe, you know, the natural casing, uh, hot dog, kind of a little extra charred. Cause I like it like that versus say just a burger or like chicken drumsticks. I would go for the hot dog.
0: Okay. It's an easy food to eat. Yes. Um, we we have about like five or six minutes, and then I've got to I've got to wrap this up. So a all couple right. of last questions. Well, tell me what.
1: Well, I was gonna say uh, you've been having me do all the talking. <laughs> tell me what's been going on in your life. Tell
0: uh, me about Faith. How is Faith doing? Uh so she's not going to fit with my guys cuz my uh, little one is extremely jealous and attached to me and Faith's puppiness was too much for Andre and I'm not a puppy person anyway because I know how much work they require.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so yeah, I was going to have Faith all day on Saturday and I felt kind of embarrassed but at the end at the end of 90 minutes it was the right move and I took her back over to to the rescue.
1: Okay. Um, so because I you know on the one hand we're all rooting for you because you 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 love her so we're all rooting for you to to bring her into your family but this is just not the right family for her
0: correct in fact um I've I haven't said this on the air or anything much more concentrated office here and Mm -hmm. I'll see how much uh how do you know the people over there
1: not really, no. I'm a, I'm a cat person. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, I know.
0: I know. Um, so, Michaela, who's in some of the videos with me, has basically been her mother since she was six weeks old. Like, oh. she wasn't staying at the shelter like a regular dog because she had some issues. So, she'd go home with Michaela. Um she loves Michaela. Like M- Michaela has to adopt her. And I know they were concerned about some of the optics of that after asking for money for the surgery, but I would say, screw that you've got me as your mouth and your voice on the side. And if I will explain it, um, you want, she,
1: it's, it'd be hard to take her away from her mom. Yeah. You know, and, it, that really would. I mean, is, is that fair to her To Is that fair to either of them? to do
0: that Michaela would be fine with it because she is a and Michaela's like a she's gotta be she's no older than 22 but when it comes to dealing with shelter animals she's three times her age so Mm -hmm. she could be it but I I just see the way those two interact and how sad Faith was when Michaela dropped her off on Saturday and then when I dropped Faith back off at the rescue on Saturday, and I was like, her tail wasn't wagging like that when she was at my house. Yeah,
1: mommy, so, mommy, mommy, mommy.
0: Yeah, so yeah, her best home, and, and that's all you want to do with any shelter animal, give them the best home possible, and that's probably yeah. with Michaela.
1: Okay, that's
0: good. Um, I have another food thing to put on your radar. Oh,
1: okay. Uh,
0: I don't know, Did I, I didn't find Cutie's Caribbean from you, right? I don't think so. I don't know how I... I don't I've,
1: think I know
0: that one. So, oh, you know what? So, do you know John Monk? No. John works for, uh, for TOL, and he is our non-Wood and Lucas County person. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's a story in Finley or Tiffin or anywhere down there, Defiance, like, he's on it. Like, he's the... Okay. That's his home. And uh, it's a food truck in Finley, Cuties Caribbean. I don't
1: and, like
0: I go find her on Facebook. I communicated with her for a couple of minutes and she'd love to get up here, but she hasn't really have a home base up here yet, but she does really well in the Finley area with whatever markets are down there. And I think we've talked about it for like, I love Caribbean food. I love spicy stuff. So cuties Caribbean and her name is cutie. I believe she's originally a New Yorker and she was working like, I think at McDonald's and, I during all COVID stuff. And eventually she ran out of those places to work. And I think she had collected enough money to get a food truck going. And that is the hero's story during outside of like first responders and doctors and whatnot. Like that's the hero's story during all this. The food truck, the, the food truckification is yes. uh, thanks to the pandemic.
1: Well, I'm just looking at her page right now, like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh, this looks amazing. But you know it's funny it's good that you mentioned that though because a lot of times people won't tell me something cuz they think I know. But I you know I'm not psychic and I I can't right. know everything. I rely on people to tell me about the things that I'm not hearing about. Look at that. Oh my gosh.
0: Cuz we we have the career, we have Jamaican spice, right? Yes. And there's probably another place, but I can't think of any right now. Caribbean there's spots. There's one
1: on Burn. There's the one on Central at near Douglas. Um, I want to say there's one more.
0: There's not many, is the, I mean. No. We. No, like but you,
1: even still, though, the like we were talking about before, though, is that we, you know, Toledo is a small city, but we've got African food, Caribbean food, you know, European, Mexican. Latin American, not just, you know, specifically Mexican, but, but we've got, we've got representation throughout Latin America. Like we've got all this amazing food here.
0: Um, one more very lowest common denominator thing, and it was under my nose the whole time. My, uh, a friend of mine, so I live behind Fridays off of airport mm-hmm. and, I, I ignore it. Like, I really don't. And I know these places have gotten better over the years. I, my friend used to call them Fern restaurants. Fridays, oh. Applebee's, Ruby Tuesday's, and there was one more in there. Maybe Ben... You remember Bennegan's?
1: I do remember Benigan's. Yes, That was I do. a good
0: spot. So he went to Friday's for lunch with, uh, with a friend, and he was telling me what they had. I was like, that actually sounds kind of good. And I looked at the menu, and I looked at their social media. I was like... I have slept on Fridays. They do this one pound of fries, and it's everything fries. There's a couple of, like, delectable burger choices, and then they totally won me over um, when I saw that they have a cotton candy Cosmo. Oh my word!
1: <laughs> so like I, a, that sounds like a sugar bomb.
0: Yeah, I will no longer be the ignorant neighbor, and one of these days, I will take my, I will walk over to, to uh, to Fridays and have way too many cosmos, and walk home and be thankful that I did it.
1: Yes. Oh, that would be a good time,
0: though. That would be fun. Yeah, um, that's. I mean, like these small local restaurants have stepped up what they create in their presentation, and that's forced like the traditional ones to do the same as well.
1: Yeah yep
0: Absolutely. Um, have you uh, last question have you been able to cr- connect with your granddaughter
1: grandson Jacob. grandson sorry that's okay that's okay no there's they're still over in the philippines um he's seven months old today and and i still haven't held him so but we're hoping that we're getting closer you know as as um Part of the problem was trying to get paperwork and interviews and everything to bring my my daughter-in-law and my grandson here, um, and and you know when offices are closed and people are working from home, it's it's really difficult to get all that coordinated. But we're getting closer. Good, we're getting closer.
0: Good, good, good. All I mean, you know this, but there have been uh, fewer pictures of that crew than there have been of the tiny kitten lately. <laughs>
1: I well, I, I'm dependent upon the pictures that I'm sent, so so first I got to go with that. But then just we we got this 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 little kitten, and like she just she she grows so much and changes so much every day. I've had people tell me that she needs her own Instagram account, but you know like like that's that's like an investment in time uh, to yeah. to like have have your cat have its own Instagram account.
0: I only encourage that for people, if you're uh, someone not like us, who it, it doesn't have a public and front-facing job, because mm-hmm. we have to curate our own stuff, and to do it for a completely separate, like, living creature is not an, is another full-time job on its own.
1: It really is. People don't understand how much of a job social media is. So I have my personal pages, but then I have my, my food blade pages, um... And, and I try to keep them sort of distinct because they're different audiences. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a big investment in time if you're going to do it well. And I can't even necessarily say that I do it well. If I were going to do it really well, I would have videos every day. You know, I would do all kinds of, you know, you know Facebook Live and whatnot. It, it takes a lot of time. I need like a social media manager. Phil. There you go. There you go. He always makes me look good.
0: He does. He does a great job. What's Phil been up to lately? Please tell him I said hi.
1: I will indeed. Um, he has been nobly trying to accommodate my pre surgery schedule. So that we've been getting extra dinner for ones done, extra cheap eats done, so that, that I can get this done and we don't have the pressure hanging over us like, okay, well, you know, the, the anesthetic ward off now, let's go do cheap eats. Right. So he's been a, he's been a a huge, a huge trooper. He's been, he's been very supportive.
0: I'm sure he wasn't overly assertive or too dramatic or spastic during any of that.
1: No, no, he's been (laughs) absolute consummate professional. But then as soon as I get back the end of that week, he's going on a much deserved vacation. So, so we're going to have to get one more cheap beats in before he goes off and has an adventure.
0: You know, who I give a hard time to all the time. Um, (laughs) Caitlin, because she's a big mushroom <laughs> fan, and I am not. Mushrooms are disgusting in every way possible.
1: I love well-sautéed, sort of caramelized mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I do not like raw mushrooms. Like, mm. if you give me the salad with the raw mushroom, it's like eating a sponge. I, I've got no no use for that.
0: I would rather do the raw than the cooked, because cooked always looks slimy and disgusting.
1: No, 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 no. It's butter. It's butter. It- <laughs> It's butter and wine, not slime.
0: One one person season says <laughs> butter, another person says slime. But um, yeah, whenever I, will
1: I cook mushrooms for you,
0: sometimes uh, you don't have to do that. That's totally fine. Let's go out instead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and on that, yeah, like, can I come back? Can I do another cheap eat?
1: Oh, I think that would be so much fun.
0: All we right. had a great time. We did. We did. I wish I'd been able to connect with Mo. He's had some staffing issues and whatnot, and yeah. he's not on my way. I'm not on his. Oh, here's something, if you didn't know. Uh, Mama hmm. Mary's is opening a second location again.
1: Really? Where? Anywhere
0: near me? Uh, not, way, closer. Not. Uh, Central and McCord area.
1: Oh, okay. And that's going to be right near where, where Moe's new Big Slice is. Yeah. Because going to be on Bancroft and McCord.
0: Moe's actually the one that told me about it. He's like, hey, your Mama Mary's people are moving into my neighborhood. Um, so, yeah, I figured I'd get that out your way. And um, good to know. Yeah, let me know when, when we can do a Cheap Eats. We'll be uh, less masked or whatever. And safer and more vaccinated next time
1: exactly and we'll have a great time as always
0: yep awesome well food maven mary mary bill you thank you so much good luck with this well not good luck to you good luck to the surgeon doing your surgery yes indeed uh, good luck to craig (laughs) heating up those soups and taking care of the kitten
1: he's gonna be on on full kitten duty because i'm only gonna have the one hand and she's so squirmy that you know she's a she's a two-handed job she only weighs a pound but my
0: god a pound
1: she, she's like she's just over a pound she was four ounces the day we found her four
0: wow they had a cat like that over at the rescue and they told me that it was like seven ounces I was like I can't oh, even like I eat more meat than that cat was born
1: exactly exactly like your burger is bigger than that
0: yeah oh All right. um, You take care of yourself. Good luck with the surgery and everything. Thank
1: you so much for inviting me again. Of course. I always have the best time talking with you.
0: I'll uh, I'll check in with you next week to see. uh, You can do voice to text to tell me how you're feeling.
1: Okay. (laughs) That sounds great. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Give faith my love. I will. Bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.